0: Hello, James. Hello, Jack. So, audience, first of all, hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Second of all, I don't know if you realize this, but James is a man of many talents. Uh, More talents than even some of his closer confidants realize. James, why don't you loop us in on what's happening tonight?
1: Um. Yeah, well, I've been invited to perform some um, a, like a live basket weaving demonstration. And, you know, I think it's a, it's an underrated skill, but I've just worked really hard on it my whole life. And, you know, we'll um, get some audience involvement. And yeah, it'll just be a fun thing for us to do.
0: You guys kind of like... uh float Moses down the river or something at the end of it. like yeah, I mean, I guess there's other uses of baskets that are maybe a little bit more practical. Yeah, it's
1: you know it's tough to get like a tight weave on your first basket where it'll not um, allow water in. so I think we'll have to wait for like lesson three before we start trying to float anything on the river. Speaking of rivers... Speaking of
0: rivers... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have a hand today from from the Patreon Slack channel. It's been a while since we've done one of those on the main feed. Uh, We get a lot of great hands in Slack. We used to get more when more people were playing poker regularly, but now that the action is picking back up again, uh, we're getting more and more hands. And yeah, we get... We get hands every day, and we get at least a few gems every week. Uh, and this one I thought was interesting and would make for a good podcast episode hand.
1: Yeah, I've said it before, but to plug it again, like I got a lot better at poker being in the Slack channel and posting probably like too many hands, but I got a lot of good feedback from the other people in there and, you know, mostly from you. And I think that's something that really, you know, did start to improve my game like quite a lot, Um, you know, and it was like a good routine to like go, you know, go play some poker, take notes, see what like the most interesting hands were afterwards and just getting into that kind of process of improvement. So join the Slack group. Um, It'll be good for your, for your bottom line.
0: Yeah, and if you want to join Slack, go to patreon.com slash hands and you can actually help us create more episodes. We do Patreon. Some people do Patreon like you pay every month. We do Patreon where you pay per episode. Um, you can put a cap, but we prefer people don't, because basically we only want to get paid if we create episodes, and we want to get paid for every episode we create so that we have as much incentive as possible to keep putting out episodes. And then there's of course there's also like episodes that are just for Patreon subscribers that you access if you're a Patreon member. All right, uh, normally we don't do that much self promotion up front, but hey, uh, you got to do it. So let's talk this hand. So this uh, this comes from a one three game five hundred effective. The time rake. I and mean, first of all, I think we should just note that that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I've played, I've been to a lot of poker rooms, and I've seen a lot of one, two, one, three games. Most of them, you're not five hundred effective, and most of them don't have a time rake. So I don't know where this hand took place, but
1: yeah, we don't know what the time it. rake is either, but. Hopefully yeah,
0: it's hard for me to imagine. It's like much worse than, you know, seven dollars. Yeah, uh, per hand. Although the one, the one thing about time rake at one three is that the one three games are kind of slow because a lot of people don't know how to play, um, and it just it can take forever. So, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and more multi-way pots, you know,
1: just take longer.
0: Uh, So here is $500 effective with the small blind, $250 effective with the cutoff. The cutoff is a fun player who is extremely loose passive, and the small blind is a tighter, older woman who is a regular in the room. All right. Folds to the cutoff, who limps. And we're on the button with queen 10 of diamonds. I don't see any reason not to make it rather large.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we want to be. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a really strong hand. The cutoff range is really wide. We'll probably still dominate a lot of the continuing range. Um, yeah, I like raise.
0: Hero makes it twenty bucks. I think that's solid. Um I think depending on your image, you can like it can be interesting to really choose the pot in these types of spots and, you know, raise like 25 or 30 or something. But I think 20 is, it definitely like accomplishes our goal here, which is to put more money than you typically would in the pot based on the situation. So I think this is a very solid, a good play. Yeah. Small blind calls. So tighter older woman is a rig. Um I think this is a range that actually kind of dominates our range. Like the small mind calling here is uh is not good. Yeah. I will say that I think that there's a bit of a skew that can happen in a one-three game where a lot of players are very loose. And the game is also a little bit slow. So people who are perceived to be tight are not actually that tight. So like, to me, calling with a hand like, let's say, 9-7 suited, Jack-9 suited, uh, you know, King-10 offsuit, those are not tight calls, those are loose calls. But I think that someone who is tight for 1-3 still might play these types of hands in this formation, not being as aware of, like, the disadvantageousness of playing out of position, not being as sensitive to bet sizing, these sorts of things.
1: Yeah, and we've spoken about this before, but it takes a lot more data to confirm that someone is, you know, relatively tight paying like, 10 to 10%, 15% maybe, Versus finding out that someone's relatively loose, we can um, we can become more confident of that a lot more quickly based on sample size.
0: Agreed. So small blind calls, cutoff calls. So are three ways to the flop.
1: Yeah, the fact that we're. Not doing too well against the small blind raise or sorry range. Um, does that make you ever consider going smaller here, or do you think we're just missing out on too much value against the extremely loose player?
0: Yeah, it's sort of like it's hard for me to see us going wrong here. Where so I'm actually let me let me make my position clear. I'm a little bit more ambivalent about how tight this woman is. Just. It's not that I don't trust the poster, um, but I'm just being honest that I, I wouldn't be surprised if like this calling range is not actually something I would consider to be tight. If it's not, then we benefit from making it larger anyway. And if she actually is tight, then you know she's not going to be in the pod very often at all. And yeah. so we're still incentivized to target cutoff. The way that we get punished here is if she rebets bets us frequently with, with some a strong blocks. range. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and not ridiculously strong, but let's say if she just takes a standard 3 bet like or small blind three-betting range, uh, which which is going to be like a lot of the hands that continue, and applies that here in a situation where we made it twenty dollars over our limper which is... All right, so let me put it like this. Small blind versus cutoff open, like that three-bet range, I think applied here, prints money against us because we're too wide for how how big we're making it.
1: Yeah, but... I think we we both agree, and most people would agree that a three bet probably isn't coming in that often from this profile, and yeah, at one three. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I do really recommend that type of thinking, though. Like thinking about what it is we're doing and what the exploit against our strategy would be. Mm-hmm. For and that's for a couple reasons. One is we can make a determination about, like, how likely is it that our opponent will do this on purpose as an exploit. And we can also think about how likely it is it our opponent will just do this for other types of reasons. Because it, when it comes to, like, being exploited, it doesn't really matter if our opponent meant to do it or not. If they take the actions with the hands that someone playing exploitively against a strategy would, we are exploited regardless of what our opponent thought about why they should do that or not.
1: Yeah. And just to further, like talking about, like thinking about what the, the counter to our, the, yeah, how we could get exploited, how that can help you is hopefully a lot of the time you're finding like, okay, like we could be exploited by, someone just like, you know, forbetting betting way too much or something and like, you can think as like, is that happening a lot in these games that I'm playing? The answer, probably no. And so it can help like, clarify your strategy against the pool.
0: Agreed. So cutoff calls, and we're three ways to the pot, or three ways to the, to the flop. Ugh, boy. Flop is king, jack, jack, club, club, heart, 63 in the pot. We are 230 effective with cutoff, 480 effective with small blind. And it checks to us. So James, are you seeing, do you see much incentive to bet here?
1: So in, in this hand, I think I said I advocated for check on this flop and I'm going to stick to that. I think that, yeah, just on this particular board, we aren't going to have a super high C bet frequency Due to the fact that our opponents are more jack extents. Um, and yeah, we do have like an open ended straight draw, but it's not a good one a lot of the time. You know, like our opponents definitely have ace jack. Um, was it a limp? Oh, I guess cutoff limp. So cutoff probably doesn't have ace jack, but I bet small mine has like ace jack and full. And you know, Jack Nine could be in there at some frequency. King Jack probably in there. So yeah, I think just like we're not we're never gonna win like a huge, huge pot when we make the nuts here. Cause I, I'm not sure. I want I might wanna walk that back. You know, it's hard to maybe, like, get all in against the small blind being good when we make the nuts here. You know, maybe sometimes they call down with some kind of jack, but it would have to be, like, queen jack, right? Like, um, you know, maybe ace jack when the nine comes. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, for those reasons, I I might just want to play, like, like a check 100 strategy here and just try and induce some, like even with a strong hand, just because it, it's not really a good board for a range.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting situation, because with our specific hand, there is not very many cards that can come or let me me walk, take a step back. You know, we have queen high, and there are definitely hands that are better than us that we could get to fold. So ace highs, a lot of them will fold at some point in the hand. And a lot of under pairs will fold. So we definitely have some incentive to bluff. And to a certain degree, we have some incentive to deny equity, but I think that our incentive to deny equity to hands a lot of hands is actually relatively small. So on the one hand, if we get fives to fold, did we deny equity? Yeah, but that's not really what people mean by that. I think what people more so mean by deny equity is like deny the potential of making a stronger hand than what people have currently. And our potential, our our incentive to do that is rather low. Because we don't, we're happy if Ace High makes a pair of aces, because we have a straight. It's a very good situation for us. If someone has a Queen or a Ten, unless they have Ace Queen or Ace Ten, then where we dominate, or at least we chop with those hands. Uh, so I guess that's not like fantastic, but it's it's not that big of a deal. And. Any card under a 10 that makes a pair I think is not so likely to call against like a Double Barrel starting on the turn. So... I think we part of the problem with taking a delayed CVET strategy, and this is not as much of a problem against 1-3 players who don't think that hard about what we have necessarily, but sometimes it can be hard to sell that we actually have something decent. So like if we, if it's a King 3-3 board and our opponent turns like a pair of eights, let's say, and then we bet twice with some delayed c bet bluff, I think there's a good chance that the eight will just call down. Because they're going to look at this board and say, if my opponent had a king, they would probably bet. So like, yes, this could this be queens? Could this be jacks? Could this be tens? Sure, but there's not that many of those hands, and I should probably just call, because this could be a lot of shenanigans. I'm not sure, I, for what it's worth, I don't necessarily think that that's an accurate way of thinking about things, but I think it's a it's a risk to us, taking a delayed c-bet strategy on a board like king-3-3. On a board like King Jack Jack, I think we can very plausibly represent kings, and so it's much easier for us to sort of sell the story of value. You mean you mean preparers. King
1: X, right? Not necessarily pocket kings.
0: Yeah, I mean, case yeah. uh, King, King King Queen. Yeah. So regardless of whether our opponent gives us credit for top end hands, I, I think we get credit for enough that we can very reasonably take bluff lines through a delayed C-bet. So I'm leaning towards that because I think we, we just get to play a call strategy on a lot of terms when we face bets. Um, and we don't risk getting check raised off of our equity um, or even getting check call just by hands that we don't have that much equity against what do you think are the what do you think's likely that we're going to face leads on this board from jacks or bluffs uh
1: i don't i don't think it happens too often um, i guess you know maybe yeah maybe there's like a ten to twenty percent leading frequency from uh small blind um, I think cutoff probably checks a lot if like you know they're just they're probably aware that they're quite loose um you know, but you know it it depends on the player. I think that can vary a lot,
0: yeah. Sometimes I think tight is similar to fearful. And so I, I can see like a player who's more kind of fear-oriented wanting to lead jacks on this board because it's a little bit coordinated. Mm-hmm. And Even potentially lead some kings. So I would I would slightly discount those hands from small blind. And I think you have to discount them from both players' range. is So, like I do think we make money on a CVET, but I think that we'll make more money on a delayed CVET and we'll lower our variance significantly. It's honestly not even as much about lowering variance. I think we'll lower variance a bit, but we we better preserve the instances where we turn or river a straight versus a hand that we can make, win a significant pot against. Since, I mean, if you get check raised on this flop, you're probably folding, right?
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, I think we have to.
0: Yeah, just too easy to have our outs be dominated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We can be up against hands like ace 10 of clubs, which have us in real rough shape, also. Yeah.
1: So, like, yeah, we don't, if we get check raised by like ace jack or jack nine, it's bad news. All
0: right. All right, so we all like the check. Well checked. Uh, our hero does check back. So mm-hmm. well played. Turns a four of spades, so a very innocuous card. Board is now king of clubs, jack of clubs, jack of hearts, four of spades. Still $63 in the pot. Checks to us again. So at this point, how likely do you feel it is that either player has a jack?
1: Um, possible, but yeah, I think players are mostly betting their jacks here. Um, You know, sometimes these 1-3 games, like, people can get a little funky with value. Um, But I, I like bet here and, you know, I wouldn't go too small. Like, I'm looking to try and I think I like. I'm looking for Ace Queen, trying to get Ace Queen to fold now, which I think is pretty prevalent. Trying to get you know, um, not make like the like mid pairs like nines, eights, sevens like think about it too hard and just just fold. So yeah, I I like maybe like a two thirds to three quarters sizing here like 45 maybe.
0: Let me ask, why why do you want ace queen to fold? Or to Yeah, why are you trying to get ace queen uh, to fold?
1: Um if There's a river queen. Are you are you're saying we could make more by double barreling maybe?
0: Part of me feels like it's a spot where if we bet twice, we will get a lot of folds. Or or let me put it like this. I'm not sure to what degree one big bet will work versus a smaller bet and then a larger bet on the river. Um, Yeah. The benefit of the smaller bet is we...
1: Maybe like both players call more often and then we have leverage against small blind on the river?
0: Maybe. I don't know. Part of me would... I think I think maybe my preferred approach... Here's what I don't like. I don't like bet big on the turn and bet big on the river. Because I don't think that we're targeting the types of hands to fold that... Don't fold to the big bet on the turn, and but often enough do fold to that second big bet. I think one big bet will do. It's just a question of like how how much more effective is or here here's a good example. Take a hand like pocket fives. Does that hand call for $20 on the turn? I think we agree that it folds for like $50 on the turn. Yeah. So is it better to just try and get those hands to fold for $50 on the turn? Or potentially get, call get a lot of hands to call the 20 less. and then get even more hands to fold on a river for a larger bed. The risk there is that, like, if all of the easy folds just already folded for 20, and then we put in this big river bed against a range that's just not really folding very often, then we, yeah. we kind of screw ourselves on the river.
1: Another one potential problem with the like this like delayed double barrel we might go for is I don't know if the field bets King X for value on the river there. Um you know, I think we should, or I, I think like you could bet like ace king, king queen for for value on the river, like depending on your sizing. But I think like maybe, I don't know. I guess it is a tough lookup with like the the lower pairs or the ace high, but um, that is just something to consider sometimes. Like, I, yeah, I don't know that a lot of players are going for the delayed bet bet or like would check back some jacks here, even though I think like that could be pretty good too since, um, you know, we want our range won't have a lot of Jack-X, and so we can uh, induce more bets from our opponents by checking back some strong hands on this flop.
0: Another risk is... Yeah, go ahead. ...that we see a river where we decide not to barrel. Maybe we get the... uh, let's say, like, the two of clubs. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we bet twenty dollars on the turn, and then we're squeamish about barreling the river.
1: Yeah, we lose to some ace highs.
0: Yeah, I think if I,
1: I th- there's also there's ace ten in there too, probably right? Ace ten, ace queen, like maybe they, yeah, maybe they don't always fold the turn for the bigger size either. But I think you know it's tough like. With cutoff in position against small blind, like it's tough for them to continue those hands. I, I think I'm gonna stick to my guns. I like I like 45 here.
0: I agree. I think uh, here's my plan. I'm going 45 as like a one barrel against small blind. Against cutoff, I'm more open to barreling again, on the river. Mm-hmm. So I think cutoff's less savvy. And also, just will cause with a much wider range. I think small blind when I bet forty-five, I'm very confident that I got like the low-hanging fruit folds on the turn, and so just let the cards fall on the river, and if we, you know, we'll just give up. So I'm, I'm still a little open to consideration about how to proceed versus cutoff after betting forty-five on the river, but. Mm-hmm. Are they a caller or a folder? Yeah, that's uh, a. It's going to be an important question. But I'm with you. I like the bigger bet. I like the certainty that comes with it. I think we'll make fewer mistakes. So, hero bets twenty. So kind of goes for that delayed bluff, like string along some of these. You know, not so great, but reasonably competent hands. Small blind calls, cutoff folds. So yeah, we're in a bit of a tricky spot. So I think we're up against a good amount of Queen X, King X. I think we could be up against pairs, but it's hard It's hard to know. And we're up against some draws, which may or may not beat us.
1: Yeah, there's also the a site clubs.
0: Yeah, the ace high clubs is an interesting hand. Well, I think uh, in some ways, what happens on the river is interesting. In some ways, I think we we're not going to be held to the fire in terms of evaluating, like, based on our plan about mm-hmm. the more the, the types of situations where we were expecting to be and where we had to bluff, because we actually get the nine of spades on the river. Final board: king of clubs, jack of clubs. Jack of hearts, four of spades, nine of spades, we have queen ten of diamonds, which means that we have uh, a king high straight, there's a hundred three dollars in the pot, so small blind is going to lead, if small blind had checked, what sizing do you like?
1: Um, I think the choice is kind of doing it on a target like a slow-played jack or um, a king. You know, if someone's going to play a jack this cautiously, I don't necessarily think they're going to raise a small bet on the river. Um, So... Yeah, I think I, I would just try and target King X and bet, like, you know, 65 or something.
0: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I think uh, maybe even a little bit bigger. I feel like players who are tight at 1-3 are not always that keen or that thoughtful about, like, relative strength. I think it probably looks like that we don't have a jack because we checked the flop. And so, and there are misdraws. So, I think I'm probably looking to size up in the range of reasonable. So, maybe like 85 or 90. I think overbetting will kind of trigger just like a tight player's spidey sense, just get a folder to fold. Um,
1: we could, be up against, we could be up against some ace-king here, you know.
0: Yeah, but I, I feel really good about getting a call from a king facing a check for a size like 95. Yeah. And I feel much better about getting a call for 95 than getting called for like 130. So I would just choose the 95. Now, small blind does not check to us. Small leads for eighty dollars. So first of all, do you think this could be a bluff?
1: <laughs> um maybe. Um maybe like ace queen or something. Um, but not, I don't know, I, I don't think not not too often. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it makes you really reevaluate things facing this lead, and I think there's a lot more, a lot more jack X.
0: I think there actually are probably a lot of bluffs, personally. Yeah. If we had a hand like
1: I guess, I guess because the, the turn bet is so small.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of hands that might just, like, call the turn because they're getting a good price. Mm-hmm. They were kind of, like, checking to see if they hit their hand. called the turn because they got a really good price. And now they're just like, well, shit, I lose. And some players just accept that. But a lot of players don't like to just... I think that maybe they think that it's wrong to do this, but wrong to just like check when you kind of know you're going to lose. And so they'll just bet instead to give them a chance to give themselves a chance to win. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see this as like a relatively bluff heavy bet. So if we had a, a shitty bluff ourselves, I would consider a raise here. Uh, I don't, obviously, I don't. We're we're not raising here as with the straight to get to win against the bluffs. We're going to beat the bluffs regardless. So it's a bit of a moot point with our hand. But I figured I just wanted to share that my read here is that this might actually be a relatively bluff-heavy range.
1: Yeah, I think when I was thinking like it was more value-heavy, I was thinking we use the larger turn size. But uh, yeah, I like yeah the range is just much wider here because we only bet one-third on the turn.
0: So I think uh, the question is...
1: Yeah, can we raise for value
0: and how much? Yeah, does, I mean, would like a non full house jack or a king ever take this line?
1: I think I think we could see some jacks here because like we bet so small on the turn and um like I you know I could see ace Jack, Queen Jack take this line sometimes um yeah, it's definitely unorthodox, but you know we could also be up against the same hand.
0: So you're thinking like raise fold,
1: yeah. Um. Oh yeah, and I, I feel pretty good about the fold. Um,
0: yeah. I. I mean, like, kudos if this is a someone who's either bluffing or turns like a king or a jack into a bluff, or yeah. even someone who's sick enough to like just take jack ten and like three bit all in for value. I just don't see it.
1: Yeah. So I. I kind of like going like. 160 180 here and um yeah i don't you know i think if ace jack is in here it'll call um yeah like queen the- queen jack sometimes
0: yeah i even think a king like ace king could call i like that line i think that's really smart i would probably choose 200 instead of 180. I think 180 is in some ways like a better size, but I kind of like to give myself a little bit of a cushion where I don't want, I wouldn't want a min race here, for example, because I think that that looks like maybe we're just like fucking with you. Or or maybe maybe if this actually isn't a very strong hand.
1: Yeah, two hundred might be like a more common bluff size. Like I don't know, it's hard for us to have a bluff here, but I wouldn't really recommend having a bluff here. Or no, I guess I would because we said the the lead is
0: the lead could be bluff heavy. I think two hundred is like a size we would use for bluffs. Mm-hmm. But I think this is an instance where. I also like using it for value, because with both our bluffs and this Queen-10 hand, we're trying to not induce three bets. Yeah. Uh, So if we had, like, the nuts, then I would like the smaller size, because I would would consider the, like, small chance that a hand like Queen-10 or Ace-Jack or even a bluff just, like occasionally decides to three bit us because they kind of think that our 160 looks funk fishy. Yeah. That's very advantageous. So I don't know what Hero did. Um, um
1: Hero went all in.
0: Hero went all in. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. I've I would yeah I think I don't it's too like it. it's too thin against this opponent. Um, you know. I think. Or like are there certain players where you'd consider it all in here?
0: I think against like a loser player where you have like a history mm-hmm. of bluffing. Yeah. Then I love it. Someone who like they're looking at a king or a jack and they're like, this guy is so full of shit, I'm going to call. So maybe this, maybe Hero does have that kind of relationship with the small blind, but we don't have any, we haven't heard this, or uh, I'm looking through some of the comments in the thread. On the one hand, like there's not, like I, so Hero makes the point in the thread that there's not much that beats us. I agree. Okay. I think uh, to me, it's more about how often you're going to get called by worse. And I think it's really hard to get called by worse for all in. Um, yeah. I think it's, you will get called by like less than half of the combos for like, 400 versus 200. So I think just just from like the up here, like getting as much value as possible, I think it's better to bet the 200. You might get some chops to fall. It's a little bit more than 50%. So you would need like them to call like 30% as often, something like that. So that's a little bit more plausible, but but I do think then now we're sort of... You're also contending against the ability to just never lose more than 200 against boats instead of losing everything. And I do think like you can be up against boats. I wouldn't call it likely, but I actually think King Jack is more likely to play this way than like Ace Jack. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And just to explain why, it has to do with the fear again. Like Ace Jack fears clubs and wants to bet or raise earlier streets to deny. King Jack doesn't, because King Jack's already nutted. So.
1: Or yeah, or yeah, or straights. Um.
0: Well, straights. I mean, we chop with all the straights. Oh, you're saying that jack fears. Like straight.
1: on a yeah, on a nine or something. Yeah, or
0: you. a queen. Yeah, totally, I agree. So I think uh of all the hands that beat us, or, or of all the jacks, the combos I expect to play this way most often are probably King Jack. There's obviously not that many, which is why I think we can target King x and Jack X, but I would expect to see King Jack at this line, not like necessarily always, but at a higher frequency on a per-combo basis than other Jack-X. And that is what we saw. Hero shoved into King-Jack and got snapped off, which sort of sucks, but happens. Four is full, also a possibility here.
1: Yeah, nine's full.
0: Yeah, I mean, nine's full is definitely a possibility. So there are some boats to be concerned about. See, so yeah, I wouldn't shove, but I like the I like the thought because um, I think if you if you're assuming you're not beat very often and that the hero writes that there's not that much to beat us in the pool I have a hard time folding trips. If that is the case, then I like the shove. I just don't I don't agree with the read.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I like think most of the pool probably won't even think about raising here, you know, or much of the pool. So it is important to, you know, always be considering going for a thin value on the river.
0: Yeah, um just calling I think would be a mistake. And if if you're in this spot, and you've, if you raise and villain folds, also don't assume that they fold with like a king or a jack and that you shouldn't go for thin value, because I do think this lead can be and maybe even is often a bluff. All right. Good stuff. Good hand. Thank you for sharing. Um, if you guys want to participate in these conversations, Again, Patreon.com slash just hands. Look forward to catching some of you guys in Slack and have a fantastic weekend. Thank you guys all, all for tuning in. I guess you you also might not be listening to this on a Friday. So maybe don't have a great weekend. Have a great week. Uh, get get all your but work
1: have done. Have a great day, whatever day it is.
0: Have a great day. Maybe a great night. Great evening. Good morning. I feel like no one listens to just all hands. All right, week. we got we got them all. That that would be insane. All right. Peace.